on last week's Irrevelations. Takes him and hides his ass. Meanwhile, every other fucking baby gets butchered by Ataliah, this queen regent mother woman. We're just going to run him into the temple. We're going to set him on the throne. We're going to fucking splash him in oil, anoint him. We're all going to be like, he's a new king. He's a new king. Aha, aha, aha. She hears the officers and the trumpeters, you know, declaring the new king. And she runs out and tears her robe and starts screaming treason. He's just like, listen, execute her, but don't execute her in a holy place. Let's take her to a place covered in horse Yeah, it's so fucking transparent. It's kind of funny. Before we turn to the word, I would like to I can't be a big blessing to people if I'm poor and broke and depressed. I don't feel good about myself. Consider they which are persecuted for righteousness. I believe in a literal burning Bible hell just as strongly as I believe in a beautiful heaven. No, no, no. Not God bless America. The Bible means a lot to me, but I don't want to get into specifics. And pray this simple prayer, Lord, speak to me. If you team up with this guy, we're not airing it. I'm going to tell you that now. If we what? If you team up with him. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Uh, yeah. Side note. Well, okay. not side. Let's do the actual episode. Let's let's do the. Let's let's get into it. So so for those of you listening well, to me, this, no, let me start because we're gonna Jesus. let's not go in dry with that. Oh, I'll go and drive. Listen, listen. So I, with coronavirus and stuff, I've been watching a little bit more TV, but like when I go to bed roughly. And so I've been branching out and watching stuff I normally wouldn't, including the show that's on Hulu called Elementary. And it's basically one of a myriad, uh, one of the Why are we doing this? What do you? Okay, go ahead. All right, go ahead. It's a really good joke. Okay. No, no, no. We got to start fresh now. Thanks. No, no, no. I, I We're doing a different thing today. The people... This the, is all, literally all... just a fucking 60-second intro. God damn, do and it. Then, You're blowing no, a whole lot of audio that we no, already we're recorded. Not, we're not using it. We're not using it. Why we're not? Just, the the we'll previous just... audio is fine. Uh, yeah. Hi, guys. Today we have a guest, so we're going to have someone on. It's done something we've done before. Oh, God, uh, hope everyone's really excited bitch. for this. Uh, Cole is going to suck his dick because he's a libertarian oh, Jesus. and del- believes in the deep state. Uh, <coughs> that's about it, I guess. With no further ado, uh, here's what's his name. Well, we're not there yet. I, uh, you just don't. I know it. you fucking idiot. I was doing it. <sighs> Do your stupid shit. Thank you. Fucking idiot. So I've been watching. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> oh, God, Why, if you want me to do it, then let me do it. Quit being a I little pissant. It's a really good joke. All right. It's not fine. Yes. Let's do it. Hurry up. So here's the thing. I'm watching. I'm watching Elementary. Right. The the Sherlock Holmes knockoff where Watson's a woman, which is great. Right. It's about time. Know? Um, but it's also based in America and all that, and so it's just like they keep on doing these different spinoffs. I, I, I'm, I'm familiar with it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sherlock is a douchebag. He does drugs. As always. Right. But what I'm thinking is it needs something Classic. actually fresh to actually change what's happening. So you have it set back in Britain where he belongs. I will say that. Okay. He goes over, you know, and, and this this Sherlock Holmes isn't just a prick. He's a racist prick. All right. And he okay. uses racism to deduce crime. So okay. 
This okay. is my idea. You have him. He goes to a restaurant where there was a murder, and everyone's still there. You know, it's a whodunit scenario. They got all the people there, and he goes, and like the body was found in the bathroom, and he like comes out. He's like, "Well, we kn- we know for sure that uh, the criminal is Irish because he didn't flush the toilet, and only an Irishman <laughs> would do that. And this man here is gripping his fork like a Neanderthal, so he must be." <laughs> and everyone's like, "Whoa, what the fuck? You can't say that!" And like, and Watson's like, "All right, all right, give me a second with him, Holmes. Holmes, go wait outside." And like Watson brings the cops over, he's like, "Guys, I think he's right." <laughs> and they're like, "What the fuck, dude?" And then they fire him. Yeah. And then like, yeah. he just and then he just does drugs, and that's the rest of the show. Okay, it could be like uh, what was that movie? Uh, uh, it was like Blacklist, or um, that was some, a show, or Black whatever. It was about it was about like a former CIA agent who was like in jail. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Burn notice. No, not burn notice. Uh, he's like person of interest. No, god damn it. No, there's a different. <laughs> one. I can't remember what it was, but the, the whole premise of every, it was on Netflix for a while. But the whole premise of every show was him being like, "Oh yeah, you're trying to catch the fox, huh? Okay, well here's what you do. It's this, this, this." And they're like, "No, no, no. We'll do it our way. We pulled you out of prison as an advisor. You don't make the shots." And then like yeah, yeah. they would try and it would all fuck up. And like, okay, what was that guy saying? And every episode was the exact same thing. Yeah. But, uh, well, anyways, guys, he's like, he's like it's a Mexican that did it. Like, he doesn't even see the like they just call him on the phone. Like, there's been a murder. And he's like, a black guy did. It. They're like, you haven't even seen the crime. And he's like, I know what I'm doing. I just he just has like a book called FBI statistics in front of him. But he's like, I'm just oh, no, <laughs> just no, just terrible. Sherlock. Uh, OK, folks, real quick. We're going to cut this short because today we're having a kind of a special episode. We're still going to get to the Bible eventually. But in place of our normal, stupid, cold opener conversation, we're going to talk with a guest. Yeah. Uh, this is a fella of the name Lewis Ungit. He has his own podcast, which we'll let him uh, talk about that later. Uh, but he's coming aboard just to have a little discussion about one of our favorite topics, QAnon. Right. Yeah. And and, and whatever else. I Because I, I, yeah. I, I, to, to give people a, um, so you found him on Twitter. I'm not allowed to be on Twitter anymore. Correct. And I have no idea what the fuck's going to happen. I have no idea who this guy is. All, all I know is Grant sent me a link to his podcast like an hour and a half ago, which was just yeah. enough time to listen to one and a half episodes of well, like six. That's research, baby. So I, I have no idea. But it, I don't know what to expect. It is one of those podcasts where it's just him talking to himself. You know, yeah. and usually I see a lot of those in like the conspiracy theory circles where it's just some guy angrily in his kitchen be like, they say the earth is round and they want you to believe it. <laughs> it's like an hour later. He said the same eight things over and over again. He's like, I'll just you, you guys stay safe out there. I'm like, what are you doing with your time that this is? Yeah, <laughs> but, his is a little more tame than that. But uh, sure. Yeah, yeah. So anyways, with no further ado, uh, let's bring in our guest. So uh, welcome on the Revelations podcast. Uh, mind introducing yourself for us? Yeah, my name is uh, Louis Ungit, and uh, I am a author, and uh, I have a podcast as well, and uh, just uh, living life, man. But uh, yeah, awesome. Are you yeah. living life? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I think so. Okay, because I started listening to your podcast. I, I'm woefully underprepared. I didn't really know this was going. Uh, Grant runs our Twitter. <laughs> yeah, now. I, I, I'm the one that trolls on Twitter, and and that makes things like this happen. So. 
So I just popped in for a few episodes. Lots of questions. All right, cool. Yeah, fire <laughs> Matt. I, like I listen to your podcast. I'm like, these guys have the complete opposite worldview that I have. <laughs> you know, well, <laughs> so. It was funny because Grant was like, yeah, let's fucking get this guy. I was like, I don't know, bro. I think then, like when we started, he immediately turned hostile because he's yeah. like, yeah, you both libertarian shit. So I was like, well. Yeah. <laughs> are you, but, uh, let me ask you guys a question. Um, are you guys, yeah. um, theologically trained or are you just going through the bible as like newbies or what's the uh what's the deal that's our no gift. we're not theologically trained at all uh the kind of our bit is that i grew up in a very conservative christian household uh, okay. and kind of know the bible for the most part pretty well right um, right everything everything that we come across is like familiar to me cole on the other hand not really a scrap i was um, born okay. into a family that was catholic on paper okay and that all was right. about it yeah I've never yeah. been to a church what about yourself? Do you have any th- theological, you know, since, I mean, this isn't really the conversation that we're here for, but <laughs> yeah, um, do you have any theological I mean, background? Yeah, the short answer is I have a ton. So, like, I was raised, like, um, I, I can't remember your name there, but uh, I was raised in a Catholic yeah. household pretty much not. Well, the, ugly not one, the ugly one is Grant. Grant, yeah. I was, like, Grant, <laughs> I was raised kind of in a, a non-theological environment, but uh, I became a Christian in college and ended up going to seminary, so I've got, like... Um, all kinds of, I have an engineering degree, a business degree, a seminary degree, um, so I have uh, too much time in college. But yeah, so sure. I def- definitely have a, a wide spectrum of education from my end, well, inc- including, including a theological one. So you're, you're far too qualified to be on this podcast. But that's okay. <laughs> well, um, one yeah, of yeah. us was a chemist, but yeah, that's, that's a- <laughs> okay. Uh, no. So we, if, if you've listened to the podcast, you can probably gain, I, I think, so I'll, I'll tell you, I listened to two episodes. I listened to BLM Trump civil war. Yeah. Yeah. And then I started listening to, uh, chapter three, the future's going to dab on the LGBT yeah, yeah, yeah. or something like that. Right. And so I didn't, I didn't like I'm either sorry. of them, Go ahead. but I'll try. I, I, I was like, I was I, like, there was okay, no, go ahead. There was no, me. When I saw your podcast, I'm like, these guys are not going to like my book. <laughs> it's like, there's nothing about you guys that will like what I'm doing. But with that being said, I think um, I uh, I kind of like interact. Like, I live in a liberal environment, and I work in a liberal environment, and um, I interact with non-Christians all the time. I got non-Christian family. So, like, for me, I'm I'm totally comfortable with that. I, I feel... Um, I feel like a lot of the things I say might be good for people like you guys to hear and hopefully benefit from, even though I totally agree when like you come to it, like it's, there's such a, the, the spectrum of beliefs out there, there's such a huge spectrum where you can take someone that's bathed in say Southern Alabama or whatever, and bring them up to New York city and put them in New York. And it's like a different country and in every single way. And I, I think, probably your perspective on life and mine are similarly different um but uh you know hopefully you know i think the goal of life obviously is to achieve truth and and get to a point where hopefully people are moving in the right direction regardless of where they start so well i'll say uh speaking to that all of our friends probably align more with you. Literally all of them. Interesting. Yeah, I piss everybody friends. off. <laughs> okay. none of our friends like our podcast none of them will listen to it they hate it 
In fact, uh, do you mind if what, like, what city do you, you don't have to tell me? We're, if from, you don't North, to... we're from North Florida. We don't oh, okay. live there anymore. Oh, okay. We both grew up basically oh, okay. the Southern Alabama you were just talking about uh, is where okay. we're from. Yeah, yeah. So I'm a yeah. nor- I'm a Northern boy raised in the bluest of bluest uh, cities. Uh, so, so yeah, yeah we we're we, the opposite. We voted uh, Hillary by about ninety five percent. So <laughs> sure, but, yeah, uh, not, not where we're, we're from. Matt Gates country. Okay, so, uh, all right. Yeah, that, unfortunately, that's a place us yeah. geographically. That guy's a fucking idiot. But anyway, uh, so we, we we don't have a lot of time. Well, we have plenty of time. I don't know what the fuck I'm Whatever. talking about, but we got to get to our episode eventually. We're talking about judges or some shit. Okay. Kings? I don't know where the fuck. Yeah, yeah. we're in Second Kings still. So. Second yeah. Kings. Um, but uh, so I I was listening to it. I ninety uh, percent of it, I was like, eh, all right, okay. Well, let, let's no no let's talk but about why i don't want to get into it he wants to talk about q and and that's what we're gonna i do so that's the, <laughs> the 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 focus that i wanted to make for kind of our cold opener here talking with you yeah is that you you said on twitter that uh q is like modern punk rock i just want to pick that apart yes i yeah, take offense yeah. to that okay so let me start by saying i think q is bat bleep crazy it's like i don't yeah. believe QAnon we can at say all. shit on this yeah. podcast. It's fine. Uh, yeah. So, like, there's no part of me that's like a QAnon guy or whatever. Like, but I do think, and this is where, like, I think it's hard for a lot of people, and especially like you guys growing up in Florida or whatever, like, it's hard for people to realize that the establishment has become left, right? So, the, the when you look at the major power within, Western civilization, especially the United States, you look at um, the kind of the um, most powerful people in almost every area of life, whether you're looking at Hollywood, whether you're looking at um, the FBI, whether you're looking at um, um, the power players within New York City or California, um, you're looking at mostly left-wing people and kind of the gatekeepers for our culture. And when I look at punk rock um and like the history of punk rock the whole point of punk rock was to piss off the establishment right so like the whole point was to find something that drove um the the uh government crazy that drew drove your parents crazy that drove um kind of the every everybody that was in front of you crazy and when i think of something that drives kind of the establishment insane including the establishment of the republican party it's Q. Like, I've never seen anybody go crazier than someone. Like, every once in a while, you get, like, a real right-wing congressperson that somehow espouses something Q-leaning. And uh, There's a handful of them now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and it go it drives everybody insane. Was it, was so, it like, Michael Flynn yeah. espousing, like, uh, said a little thing in his... Uh, yeah, Michael Flynn made his family take the Q pledge. And then, yeah. obviously, Trump Jr. is a bit of a proponent of it as well, I would say. I, I um, feel like I could almost understand the comparison of QAnon to punk rock as counterculture and anti-establishment. But I feel like the original punk rock was against the idea of like getting a job and conforming. Whereas I don't know. It's anarchical. Yeah. Modern liberalism might be more progressive and uh, I'm going to dye my hair blue and fuck a lamp or whatever. I don't, yeah, well, I don't really, I don't really yeah, see but, going against that as well. Yeah. But counterculture. Don't, don't, for, don't forget that punk rock and I'm super anti-Nazi or whatever, but punk rock also had yeah, a sure. huge Nazi element to it. And I think a lot of that was not necessarily that they were, pro hitler or anything but saying they were nazis drove people insane right like that yeah, and they I shop think that at the same stores yeah. right <laughs> we're the same right. shirts yeah. well i mean yeah part of it was co-opted yeah. i think right like uh my only experience with this is that i saw the movie green room as in preparation right. for talking about okay this. you know it's the whole it's about like punk nazis versus well they wear of, the same boots 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but originally, originally, punk rock was anarch, you know, an anarchist sure. type, yeah, function. Uh, Nazis co-opted it because they thought it sounded cool and it was angry, and that like helps. And obviously, uh, neo Nazis are counterculture in their own ways. Well, so right, and wouldn't you agree that for the most part back then, those guys with the the Mohawks saying that they were Nazis were not really Nazis. No, right? you know, like, no. I mean, they would have been killed if they were. Right. Sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, so I, in, in some sense, obviously terrible human beings, but they were doing it for the same reason that we're talking about, which was to piss everybody off, which was successful. Right. So, I don't know. It kind of yeah. sounds like when Paul Ryan says like his favorite band is rage against the machine. Like, what the <laughs> fuck is <laughs> You know, he's like, yeah, I don't think you get it. You know, like, yeah, we're here to fuck the establishment. We're like, you guys wanted a fascist dictatorship. I'm not quite sure well, Paul, you understand yeah. how establishment works. Paul, Paul Ryan is the machine. So. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But, so yeah. here's a couple thoughts I have kind of encountered to what you said. Uh, first off, I don't think that our establishment, FBI, anything is going left. I think they're very liberal organizations. Um, I think left would be like Bernie Sanders, maybe, who is outright scorned by the establishment. I think left policies um, are are kind of rejected outright, which is why you see a lot of liberals wholeheartedly embracing the Lincoln Project right now, right? Like, oh, they're just like us, but you know, they're on the other side or whatever. Like, they, uh, uh, what's his name? Conway, George Conway, right? Is being embraced yep, yep, with yep, open yep. arms yep, by liberals, yep. which is insane. I think, right. yeah, yeah. I think that the liberals <laughs> are what are really running the show, and I don't think they're very different. I think the only difference between most liberals and conservative or Republicans, what have you, neocons, I don't know what you want to call them, uh, is like abortion, I guess. Right, right. At the yeah. End of the day. yeah, the differences are so vague now. Yeah, it's almost. I mean, there are, is a lot of performative culture, I think, with like the way that, say, a corporation puts a Black Lives Matter logo on, on their. Uh, on their page or the way that, you know, they put a rainbow flag out. Yeah. It's like performative progressive culture isn't actually progressive in the way that like the left wing of the democratic party might be. So I don't, I don't think, I still think things are staying pretty centrist. And if it's going liberal, it's just because Trump is such an inflammatory figure that uh, businesses want to distance themselves from, right? That's why like Tucker Carlson had problems keeping advertisers down. So I think that it's not quite fair to say that left, the world's going left is my point. Yeah. And maybe it's a definition of left thing. So, you know, I, I guess my thought is generally liberal left-leaning maybe left of center um respectable society is usually you're cool with gay marriage you're uh you know a, a little bit left of center you're not necessarily for cancel culture you know like there's this kind of mushy and i think it's what you're describing but there's this mushy left of center Wokeness uh, type stuff. Yeah, that's that you're that's like yeah. that's like a respectability to society, right? Like, and I think that is what I'm talking about. Is like that group of people. Q is you might as well have another head on your shoulder, no, right? Yeah, like that that group of people is completely stunned by Q, right? So I agree that they are, but also here now here's the problems I have with Q being punk rock specifically is that a it's pretty well linked with the actual establishment, b. I think that QAnon is mostly a psyop, probably. That might if be. I, have to yeah. guess. I don't. Rock, I don't. I don't not. get Q. I. I. I, I remember when Q, Q to me was like. Um, uh, we talk about this a lot on the podcast. Uh, but yeah, we bring up was, Q all the time. That's we, what we talk about Q all the time. But I, I, I watched this documentary about um, doomsday cultists, where the the premise was is that this 
Doomsday cult leader kept talking about, hey, the end of the days is this day, October 15th. Right, right. And then yeah. it wouldn't happen. Yeah. And everyone, and then like half the people would be like, fuck, I have wasted my life. I don't know what the fuck I thought this was. I sold my house. I sold my car. I got to go find a job at Kinko's, whatever. I got to fucking get my life back on track. I got to apologize to my parents. Yeah. And the other half, <laughs> the other half would be like, fuck, okay. And he'd be like, oh shit. The cult leader would be like, oh fuck, all right. Yeah, I was wrong. It's April 5th. And the guy's like, April 5th. Let's fucking yeah, yeah. do it. Let's yeah, max yeah. out our cards. Yeah. And to me, that's what Q is, where it just kept being like, by the way, I don't know if you knew this, but Hillary's already in chains. And then she'd show up on the Ellen show, and they're like, well, fuck, what the hell is that? He's like, it's happening next week, you guys. <laughs> yeah. It's her cologne. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, it's a fucking lizard person with putty on their oh, face. Oh, yeah. That's yeah not the well, real... I mean, that I will say, I, I feel kind of bad for all the Q people because I'm like, you're going to learn, you know, whether Donald Trump loses or, or wins, they're going to learn at some point in time that. The, the it's not like hollywood is all gonna be in chains by the end of this yeah <laughs> so like i think there's gonna be a, a, a rude it awake. would be awesome if they were it's gonna be a yeah. rude awakening <laughs> at some point in time but uh I, we'll, we'll see i just missed the conspiracy theories from obama's presidency where it was all like oh did you hear there was a hurricane and they're bringing out medicine they're like i hear it's so they can fill fema camps with bodies and yeah yeah institute martial well, arts. Was, like, oh, that was the good I, old days i will say i love all conspiracy theories like I, not that i believe in them but i just find them fun and delightful so like i like it's one of the things i spend a lot of time is like researching all the the crazy theories out there like i, I enjoy like bob lazar and all that stuff i'm just like man this stuff is uh, is enjoyable to get inside their worldview and kind of understand what the what they're trying to get at but the q is is got to be one of the crazier ones that has come up recently I want to actually. I, we we we're, we 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 try to keep our cold openers under fifteen minutes, and we've already been shit the shit shooting the shit. But I do have a question. Sure. All right. So I've been listening to your podcast a little bit. Yeah. And I felt like a normal theme, and this is something I might have heard from more the conservatives, is this fear about what liberalism will do to this country. Yes. And kind of like is that is that is that a fair? So let me ask you a question. Worst case scenario, liberals. Sweep the fucking country. They're talking right. about Medicare for yeah, all. Yeah. What is the worst case scenario? What is the ultimate fear? The uh, ending of Terminator Two, if you will, type scenario. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll, okay. So let me. I'll get super serious here. I'll tell you what my fears are, and you guys tell me I'm wrong. But um, okay. so, so my fear is this: is that for um, when I look at what I want in life, it's mostly just to be left alone, right? So I want to be able to raise my kids in the church. I want to be able to send my kids to private school. I want to be able to have a business. I want to be able to work a job if I want to get a job. You're like, I want to just have this flexibility to do what I want to do in life. And I feel like with a lot of the social issues, and and I think the homosexuality and, and um the trans issues and the the all the legal aspects surrounding those are a particular wedge in our society right now. But I feel like I just interacting with people online, I feel like there is a contempt for people like me, even though I'm just I just want to be left alone. But there's a contempt where it's like if if I were to express this view in the workplace of like, hey, I don't hate gay people, but I also think that marriage is has a definition and it's always been a man and a woman right so like i'm i'm not not trying to be hateful it's just like what i feel i feel like if i express that view in the workplace in a corporation or whatever and and i i'm fortunate enough to to work for myself and not have to worry about that but like if, i feel like if if i did i would 
immediately lose my job, <laughs> right? So like, and I feel like if, and to get back to your question, if conservatives or if liberals swept everything and completely took power, I think there's no protections anymore for that. And I think that in a way, liberalism has a, it's a almost ironically named thing where it has a, a lack of liberalism to it. Um, and that, you know, getting back to the establishment thing, that really is an establishment versus non-establishment question. Like you look at when Christians ran the world, Christians. It was a great time. Well, Christians. Well, Christians were able to silence, right? So, so if you were, uh, if you were you guys, you know, somebody would come along and say, "Hey, get these guys off the air," you know, silence these guys, and they'd be effective at doing it. And you can kind of see who's in the establishment and who's not. And I feel like when, if liberals were to get complete power, there's a illiberality to it where conservatives would. And Christians in particular would suffer a level of oppression that is, uh, whether it comes to being able to have a job, own a business, um, and and live a normal life, I think it would become progressively harder to do um, as a result of that. See, I think from my perspective, I feel mostly the same way, except I wouldn't extend my beliefs to others. Like if, if you're talking about like gay marriage, I'll fucking marry whoever the fuck i want i have zero opinion about who other people marry and i don't have any interest in changing that or putting any rules if two gay guys want to marry each other got nothing to do with me so in my mindset when you're talking about like oppression and stuff or or feeling that my views are not validated by the state i I don't know it just you're allowed to have your opinion i don't think you're free from the consequence of expecting always been there's always been a set of words or uh, there's always been feelings that you could have had towards the government or the way that society carries things out that if you had expressed those in the workplace would have gotten you can. I mean, right. Yeah, yeah. So, right. And that's my concern is that now. Um, so my it's interesting. If you go look, look back at polls from 30 years ago, say the majority of people is mind blowing. And I don't agree with this, but the majority of people in the mid 1980s thought homosexuality should be illegal not yep. not not gay marriage like it still is in a lot like, of places like sure. sodomy should be illegal and it was yeah it was legal until i think 15 years ago or whatever uh or was, and it, I, there was laws against it until fairly recently in history and yeah. if if now if you look at a person like me that i think i have a reasonable view and you guys obviously probably don't think i have a reasonable view but i think i've got a reasonable view that is not weird in the history of human humankind. It's a fairly mainstream Christian view. All the main, you know, it's been the Christian moral teaching for 2000 years. And now we're going to live in a society where a lot of people think I should not be able to express my even, and it's not like I would go around the workplace, but, um, uh, you know, saying my views on gay marriage or whatever, but like not even be able to express an opinion on a subject where the converse is absolutely untrue, right? So, like, if you're a liberal, you can go around saying, hey, I think gay marriage should be legal, right? So, if and then if I were to turn around and say, well, I disagree, then I think I would get fired, but the other person wouldn't. So, you've got this very controversial, religious, social issue, and and you've got, I, I believe, a situation where one side of the party one side of the country is fairly liberal on it where I don't care. You can say you're for gay marriage 
And the other side of the country, the people that call themselves liberals are actually very illiberal where they're like, well, you should get fired for expressing hatred in the workplace or whatever. You know, so that's that's my concern. Well, the world's full of cunts. But I mean, if, if, (laughs) if the if the argument is like, hey, I think that guy should be shot. And then there's people being like, well, I think he shouldn't be shot. One of you is enacting action on another person. No one is making you get married to a gay guy. Yeah. No one's forcing I, your hand. I, yeah, I think that's the issue is that um what you're talking about is I think you can I think you can still get away with saying, yeah, I'm part of it. Ch- I you know at, at my church we don't support gay marriage and I think by all means if a church does not want to perform gay marriage ceremonies, that's their prerogative. Yeah, but, but I think oh, I'm I, sorry. I think if yeah. you come in, I think if you come in and you're saying this is how I feel, as long as you're not harassing someone about it, which would be a problem no matter what your opinion is, I think you can still get away with that without an issue. Well, We're not yeah, liberal Germany. Yeah, where but, we live. Where we, where like we, Ikea just hired, fired a guy in Poland because he was posting Bible verses that gay people should be killed. And so it's like, all right, that makes sense that they would fire him. Poland's actually trying to sue Ikea over it now. It's a whole thing. But I, I don't think that... Those goddamn sweet... I think that if, you're not, if you don't go to the realm of harassment or like making people feel unsafe or whatever, I don't think that that's a problem. Yet. Okay, so let me just touch one one other thing that I I sincerely sure. believe is like, okay, I don't view you guys as Nazis, right? And I don't view being pro-gay marriage as Nazi, right? But I sure. sincerely believe, and maybe you guys aren't this way, maybe you are, I have no idea, but I sincerely believe that a lot of people would look at me my views, my church's views, and say that is the same as the KKK. Like, being anti-gay marriage is the same as being a racist. And so I, I don't see how you have a society where I can live in peace where I am viewed as a KKK member, right? Like, and, and I feel like if liberals got control, I feel like I would be both legally and uh, culturally, I'd be considered to be a KKK member when I'm like holding a view that has always been held as a basic Christian teaching. Like, you know, so, and, and I don't know, you guys tell me, uh, do you think it's the equivalent to KKK to be anti-gay marriage? I mean, people uh, think I'm a communist and that I'm personally responsible for but, everyone that died in the gulag. But you so. are though. But, um, okay. So <laughs> I'll tell you this because I listened to your episode about, uh, the BLM Trump civil war and a little bit of the, um, that third episode I've talked about, uh, and I didn't finish it. So I can't say that I got the full view. I, okay, I, I didn't have enough time. Perfect. I'm a little bit out of form, which I do sometimes. That's okay. But yeah. I heard your argument was something along the lines of, yes, is racism equivalent to homophobia? Uh, because you disagree with the idea if don't let me put words in your mouth but disagree with the idea that being gay is not a choice or is tied to genetic or, or something like yes. that. Yes. So so there was a there was a big study last year um by Science Magazine mainstream study um that showed that um sexuality is not genetically determined. Um now it said that there was um maybe some influences um literally in the um, in the abstract to the to the study, it said um, it compared it to smoking and drinking, so it, and marijuana use. So, in other words, we're genetically determined to our sexuality in the same way and to a, the same percentage almost as we are to smoke or to do marijuana or to drink or whatever. And I think, and furthermore, you look at twin studies, and often twins. Are different sexualities right so 
obviously it can't be genetically determined if you're identical twins and you have different sexualities. So I think it's almost beyond argument that you, sexuality, you are not born with your sexuality. Like, I think that's a, that's I a think, scientific I think, fact. I, I think that's what I, I think that's what I latched onto. Cause I think it is a misstep to say that not a choice means genetic. I don't think your sexuality is a choice, but I also don't think it's determined by your genetic structure. There can be a lot of things that are environmental and sure. and and sometimes genetic that predispose you, but it's not a fucking choice. I mean, you mentioned like um like liking pizza as like you didn't make a decision to like pizza, you like pizza. Yeah, and I, I want I let me clear that point for a second. I wasn't um comparing it to liking pizza. What I was trying to describe is what it means to make a choice right so when mm -hmm. um my homosexual friends tell me that they it's not a choice i believe them right so like i believe it they didn't sit down and say hey i think i want to be i want to be gay um so like i yeah. i believe that um what i'm what i was trying to describe with the pizza thing is that most of the things that we do in life most of the things we like most of the th the tastes we have the choices, you know, the the things that almost everybody would describe as choice. And you talk to people that have big overweight problems; they they struggle with eating too much. They'll say, "Man, I would, I would rather." And I know people in in my family and friends and circle that that have overweight issues, and they'll say, "This certainly is not a choice for me to be this this way. I need to take medicine. I need to get surgery or whatever um, to to deal with it." And my point was is that. Most of the things that we call choices, like whether or not I eat pizza, in many ways aren't a choice in the traditional sense of sitting down and saying, I'm going to do this. It's, it is a collection of genetic things and environmental things and um, the way we were raised and the culture we're in and all those things kind of mix together and we become the person that we are, right? And I think the what's helpful when we, instead of using the word choice when it comes to something like our sexual behavior um i think it might be more helpful just to talk in terms of genetic traits versus behaviors and when we talk about genetic traits versus behaviors traits are things like you, the color of your skin that you absolutely there's no moral or ethical framework that you can put on me being a black man or a white man like that's not as i'm not being ethical or unethical by being black or white now the sexual choices we make absolutely you can put a moral thing or uh, moral framework on you have to right so like somebody having sex with somebody that's not their wife like that's adultery everybody looks down on that they say that's bad um some you know like almost every sexual behavior we do judge it whether it's moral or not and some people are more liberal and they say oh, it's okay to be a swinger or whatever and some people are more conservative and they say nope just sex between a husband and wife or whatever but in all those cases we're making judgments right and there's certain things that are illegal you can't walk around and expose yourself you can't masturbate in public or whatever like so we're always judging sexual behaviors and what christian sure. what christianity has has done from the beginning as it said there's a certain christian sexual ethic and within that, things like adultery can be judged, things like sex before marriage can be judged, things like homosexuality can be judged. And they're all just part of that moral framework of like how we define what's good and what's bad from a, from a, a sexual perspective. And when I look at, I step back and I look at homosexuality and I say, 
okay, we know for a fact that it's not because of study, 50 years of looking for a gay gene, et cetera. We know that it's not like you're genetically determined to be gay. I don't know, not, I don't know if we know that, but. Well, yeah, I, I mean, I would, I would say it's been proven, but yeah, I, I would encourage you to look at that study from last year and also just look at sure. twin studies or whatever. Yeah, but, but people so, used to think vaccines were good. So, I mean, right. do we really know anything? <laughs> right. But um, my, my point is, is, is I don't know how you could not put it in the category of a, a behavior versus a genetic trait. And so I, I, I agree that they don't choose that way. Just like I said, you know, people, there's people that struggle with addiction issues, food issues. There's people that struggle with um, attraction. I mean, there's dudes that are attracted to little kids and it's horrible and gross. And like, there's people that have all sorts of, attractions some good some bad some healthy some unhealthy um some beautiful some disgusting and i think we have to evaluate each one of those and i would say that homosexuality at least is in the category where we can step back and ask that question without being a bigot right so like i th i think we can step back and say why is it wrong to have homosexual sex and is it is it is it wrong or is it not wrong is it right is it not right and i think I, we can I, have that debate i think the but it's a different debate than having the question of, is it right to be black, right? That's a different discussion because that guy can't choose his skin color. I think that the conversation kind of ends, though, at are these consenting adults? Is everyone that's involved uh, And also, at what point safe? do you legislate morality? I mean, you might yeah. have that opinion. You might say— It's only ever backfired. You I know, think, yeah, the this is the Christian church, and this is an opinion that's been sure. held for 2,000 years. Well, yeah, let me— let, I don't know. Yeah. If your argument is that you believe that you want to be able to live your life free from oppression, and then yet at the same time are— Advocating I don't know, that it want, should be advocating be, oppression over yeah. people wanting to live their lives. I, that's That, to me, that seems to be a, a, one of the key cruxes of, well, uh, yeah, of, but, of the issue. But let's step back to my question, right? So my question was, do you guys view my view as a Nazi view, right? So no, of ver not. versus, you know, like if, well, if I were – and I, would I think you could be called Nazi adjacent. Like if your point of view, if, if there's a Venn diagram and you have a crux of intolerance that wants to be state-sponsored – you can say that it's not based on race or religion, but it is on something. If 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 I came out today and I wanted to legislate kill fatties and I had a specific BMI amount and we all agree that there's a moral ethic code that you have to be healthy and, and fit and I said, let's make it a law, you would go, that's a little bit Nazi adjacent. That's a little bit something, you know. Yeah, I, I, okay, so that kind of gets to my point. So my, when my fear of... Let's say you tomorrow became absolute dictator of the world. It could happen. And, and you yeah. think that I'm Nazi adjacent for view for having a Christian sexual ethic, right? Um, that scares me, right? It scares me when the people that have power think I'm Nazi adjacent because I hate the Nazis. Like, I, you know, I like I'm Nazis are disgusting, hating. We believe you, right? So, like, going comparing me in some way to Hitler who has a completely different worldview. Well, I said it's I a Venn diagram. You, right. you, no one's saying you're a hundred percent Hitler, yeah, but, but when you're saying that we're comparing it to Nazis, there is a vein of thread where you can compare the Nazis. And if you compare the way 
that Christians have treated gays in the legislation and with their with their with their acts and stuff. When you're talking yeah. about that, when you're saying like, oh hey, until 15 years ago, homosexuality was illegal and sodomy was a crime. Yeah, that's pretty fucking Nazi adjacent. I mean, it, literally, state violence was perpetrated on these people. Yeah, uh, so like it's a little well, bit. So yeah, you, and you can't you can't wash that away. Be like, ah, that's not me at all, man. I'm I'm one of the cool guys. That well, hates gays. Uh, I I think that question is a different question, right? So the question. What I'm concerned about is not necessarily whether you agree with my views or don't agree with my views or whether um, someone should be able to have sex with another adult um, regardless of their gender. Like, I'm not concerned about those questions. I'm very concerned about um, other people viewing my religion as Nazi adjacent or whatever. Like, and, and I think that is a huge cultural like when you look at if you go back in america and you say abraham lincoln had that line where he says either we have to be um all slave states or no slave state all free states but we can't be both right a house divided against itself cannot stand and they quoted the devil i believe right right he quoted christ talking about the devil anyways yeah yeah and and um that if you you take that and you apply that, I think homosexuality in many ways is that, right? So you have certain people that view my view of just, that's, you know, up until 15 years ago was widespread everywhere. And my view is, and and maybe you don't think I'm a Nazi, but I know people online that have called me a Nazi for saying what I said to you, right? So, sure. like, and so I don't know how we as a country, and that's kind of when I got into the Civil War thing, like, I don't know how we as a country can stand when you have such a divided view where one side literally thinks I'm a Nazi. And Okay, not one side. Yeah. Some, some people. Not like, everyone. Yeah. Right. yeah. I mean, but also, the, I mean, also considering if you think about the Islamophobia uh, from the 2016 election and stuff like that. you know what like what so we don't judge people based on their beliefs if you're gonna if you're gonna support a ban because muslims have radical views on women and female genitalia mutilation stuff like that yeah at some some point we judge people based on their beliefs sure i I also think a little bit of it is overcorrecting that you have to be okay with that for centuries whatever you however you want to put it for forever you know the christian church has persecuted gay people despite obviously being chock full of them but we won't get into that mm-hmm. uh th- it's persecuted people including you know the united states from its founding so whenever our whiplash you know saying hey actually why are we doing this these people you know call it what you want but are by no choice of theirs, legitimately. Well, well, let me ask you, have you guys, and and uh, I don't want to go off on another tangent here, but have you guys read Tom Holland's Dominion, where he talks? Uh, no, Spider-Man. I'm, I'm working on uh, one of, what is it, uh, uh, Crossing uh, the Rubicon or whatever? Oh, yeah, anyways, super good. No. Yeah, Tom Holland's excellent at everything he writes, but yeah. he He's recently- a fucking great Spider-Man. <laughs> Yeah, Good. different different time. <laughs> um, he uh, he wrote Dominion last year, and he basically argued that the foundations of the West were largely based on Christian assumptions of um, loving your neighbor as yourself, caring. You know, one of the big things in the early church were when you saw a poor person. Jesus has a line in in the Book of Matthew where he says. 
um, that what you do to the least of them, you do unto me. And that was a big verse in the early church where they would walk past a, a homeless person and they would view them as Christ, right? So they couldn't walk past that homeless person without helping that homeless person. That's one of the reasons the early church banned slavery. You know, pretty much most of medieval Europe had no slavery. First time that ever happened in history, largely because of that verse, because that idea of this person could be Christ in in disguise, basically, among us. And Tom Holland argues that's how the West kind of developed. And he, he, he argues that, and if you've ever read his uh, Dynasty, which is about uh, the House of Caesar, he, he argues that the House of Caesar and the Roman Empire was very similar to the Nazis, right? So that their, their view of strength over weakness, um, how you should treat the outer peoples, constant very war. multicultural, though. Right. Well, his argument is that the, the, the ethics of the Romans, where they would enslave, brutalize, I mean, Hitler, or... Uh, and then eventually integrate, too. Let's, I mean... Well, I mean... They, they didn't have, like, a master... I'm Master sure race. Germany had plans for France. Yeah, well, it, I mean, it, actually, if you look at Rome, they never integrated the Germans. They kept them separate. Um, they, they. Well, because they, I think they would have eventually. They integrated well, they were a everyone bunch of else. greasy barbarians. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, My, this is all based. I did Mike Duncan's uh, podcast on Rome, so okay. I, I've listened to all of that. Yeah. So that's I don't. I'm not an expert. I'm just basing it on like what I learned on podcasts. But they would pretty much like over time be like, all right. You guys are basically Roman citizenship now. They would use that as like a token to like quell rebellion and things. So it wasn't about there being a master race. It was about politics. Yeah. And and I think as Americans, we look at everything like racial. Hey, is it racist? It's it's, it's bad. If it's not racist, it's good. But the Romans in their view, maybe the race wasn't a center thing for them. But this idea of that Nietzschean will to power where this idea that they need to crush and destroy weakness um the their treatment of slaves i mean you look at talk about pedophilia wasn't good would i mean like um some of the roman emperors would train slave boys you know under 10 to lick their genitals while they swam you know like that's the grossness the the brutality and the cruelty of it and well i'm sure when, they had hundreds of years of that belief that they could back up on yeah, <laughs> yeah and and, and so i mean that's where like when i look at the west and i look at um the fact in my mind it's a fact that most of our assumptions of good and bad even racism like is largely a christian worldview that that race because we're all from adam because we're all um, made in the image of God, racism's wrong. And if you look at what Martin Luther King appealed to, that's exactly what he appealed to. He said, hey, Christian pastors, you guys have to stand up and do the right thing here because not you're being too Christian, but you're not being Christian enough, right? That was his argument, letter from Birmingham jail, was you guys are not being Christian enough. And I, I fear that if you take away that Christianity and then you give people power that in some way think i'm the worst thing in the world like that's why i'm afraid like and and maybe it's irrational maybe i'm wrong but i don't think so you know that's that's kind of where i stand on it i think we're going to disagree on that one um and we have fair enough yeah fair enough um well you know it was a fun experiment what's the name of your podcast uh the among you you and g-i-t 
Okay, right. one more time. I think you broke up there on yeah. Discord. It's U-N-G-I-T, I am Ungit Podcast. If you look up Lewis Ungit on any of your uh, podcast uh, options, you'll find me. Great. Well, okay. we liked having you on. It was good talking with someone uh, besides ourselves, which is all we've, what, we're like 106 episodes deep now, and uh, yeah. it's only I'm, I'm extremely mean-spirited, so I just push all my conservative friends away until they stop memes. I enjoyed it. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me on, and uh, good luck with the podcast, and uh, any, anytime you want to have me on for another Q take, I'll, I'll be back. So. You know, it might be, yeah, we might actually Will they arrest uh, Hillary, we'll bring you, you back on. <laughs> we might want to circle back to you eventually for something more theological down the road, so we'll keep you in mind. You got it anytime, and like I said, uh, I, I love to talk about almost any subject, including, uh, I, like you guys talking about the Bible, a lot of that stuff I find really interesting, so yeah, just anytime, let me know. Good, talk, good talking to you guys. Alright, All right. see All right. you guys. Good talking to you too. Bye. Uh, bye. So now we should actually get to the thing people want to listen to. <laughs> you know, like, do, they, do they want to? I'm sure people were like looking at it because that took way longer than I expected it to. But So they're probably like, oh, this is the longest episode. They must have gotten a fuck ton of Bible. And no, we're not. This is going to be a little bit different. Yeah. We're just going to do the one chapter. But it's actually time to talk about the fucking Bible. Welcome to the Revelations podcast. I'm Cole Deluski. And I'm Grant DeVoiced. And we're on episode 97. Wow. Yeah. Like that, I, I, we just called all that that whole like hour prior. That's the cold opener. <laughs> now we're actually in yeah. the episode prior. Welcome to episode ninety-seven. Well, hey, finally. in the in the episode notes, I always put where the actual Bible talk starts. So yeah. if people want to skip that whole part, they're more than welcome to. Um, now, now, now that now that they've already listened to it, now they- <laughs> well, it's always been there. They know. <laughs> right. Our three listeners know. Right. So, uh, big plug. Yeah, this week we're talking about Second Kings, chapter. 13 lucky number 13 right uh, should be good um so how many more chapters what's been left happening? in this book i mean i think I mean, how many could there be i guess it looks like there's only about like eight pages left. you could talk into your microphone if you wanted to <laughs> like eight pages maybe 15 pages i don't know we're about halfway right now uh, let's get into it so halfway uh, through second kings my, my bible second kings chapter 13 Jehoaz reigns in Israel. Right. So this is part of just a continuing. We we got into the weeds for a while with like Ahab's family being killed and kind of really focused on some folks. We're getting back to like a high clip of covering uh, one royal after another. Um, and so now we're focusing, like Cole just said, on the latest king of Israel, the country to the north. Um. If you remember, not long ago, so recent, most recently we've been talking about Joash, and he's the Juden, Judean king, right, right. down in Jerusalem. Right. Now we're going back up north, right, kind of hopping around. Jehoaz is the son of uh, Jehu, right? Everyone remembers Jehu, I would imagine. Yeah. Kind of an exciting character, killed a lot of people, kind shot some a, dudes in the back. Kind of a sneaky, deep state, murder-in-his-way-to-power type character. Fun. You could definitely say that. He was a, a bit of a Manchurian-style candidate. And in this um, instance, uh, uh, Elisha is like Q. Just letting people know what's going to happen. <laughs> okay. I did it. I, I tied it in. Topical. I made, I made topical. it relevant. There we go. Thank you. Yeah, so this guy is the son of Jehu. Um, it's funny because... so. If you remember a couple, again, a couple episodes ago, maybe we talked about how God said, all right, Jehu, yes, you did everything I wanted, but you got a little too blood crazy, killed a few too many people. 
So I am going to let you reign. I'm not going to kill you. I'm going to let you reign, but only for four generations. So I'm picturing as it gets passed from Jehu to Jehoaz, there's like a big clock in the temple. But instead of having 12 numbers, it just has four. And it just clicks one. <laughs> it's like a doomsday clock. I just imagine there's just a giant abacus and a bunch of priests with weapons. Just like, and now that's done. And, and we're down. And they're just 25%. And just every time they move the bead over, they're like, they just look at all their, their rack of weapons. They're like, soon. <laughs> we're going to kill this fucker. Comes, yeah. Do you think Jehu counts as one of the four generations? Or is I, it four after him? We'll figure it out at the end. Because, I, I mean, it. Will. Yeah, so so getting back on track, because we've wasted a lot of time this episode. <laughs> we probably should get through it. Um, no, come on, it's fine. In the 23rd year of Joash, the son of Ahaziah, king of Judah, Jehoahaz, the son of Jehu, became king over Israel in Samaria and reigned 17 years. So I guess that's round two, you know, one beat down, Jehu's done. Yeah, so we're on the second generation. 17 years, pretty good, but... He did do evil in the eyes of the Lord. Not good. Yeah. God, um, can't do evil. In the, I, I like how it's like just evil in the eyes of the Lord. And, and maybe this is maybe this is reading too much into it. But we, we, we've talked about this a bunch of times. But the quote unquote evil is just polytheism. It's not like it, it, the, the, the horrible wickedness that they do i think by our modern standards are usually as a result of god like eating children and stuff it's you know through a yeah. siege or, or, or having to kill like god's like hey make sure you kill every man woman and child but the worst thing that people do if you leave them to their own devices is they leave up some poles up north and they have an ec- one extra bonfire a year that they're not supposed to have yeah basically it's they're talking about the sin of jeroboam he was the first king of israel way back whenever the kingdom split up under who was that solomon's son i think Somebody. I think Jeroboam was the son of Solomon. Whatever. S- centuries ago. Yeah. So Jeroboam was like uh, the, the first one to make a kingdom apart from Israel proper in Jerusalem. He made well, the kingdom. Well, so. to, to recap, Solomon did evil in the eyes of the Lord. That's true. He was the son That's of true. David. But they He's don't the refer one that- to Solomon. They refer to Jeroboam for some reason. Yeah. Well, Jeroboam was the one that had the kingdom split. I don't know. Sure, whatever. Sure. Because God wanted it split. Let's be clear. God picked. Yeah, Anyways, we can do go over that every fucking episode, can't we? Um, the point is that uh, he's making basically all of everyone in Israel still observe the like Ashara poles, you know, worshiping some of can't the wrong stuff. That. No, um, and so he basically, to, in response to them being kind of sinners, to being kind of not followers of the one true God, he makes it where uh, the Syrians, right? Uh, uh, Haziel and his son Ben Hadad, soon to be king of Syria, are basically in power over Israel. They're just fucking them up left and right, which is funny because those guys are like true heathens. But for whatever reason, God's going to reward yeah. them. I it, don't know. It, it is inconsistent because Damascus is the sworn enemies. They're definitely not Semites. But no. in Second Kings, we see a lot of instances where God just like uh, was it Nadab, the one or Nabab or whatever the fuck was named the, the guy with leprosy who he cured. Oh yeah, yeah, and- the. the- the general and and Hazel, who's like, by the way, you'll be king soon. Good luck with that. Good luck ripping women and children apart. So yeah, whatever reason, Damascus just gets special treatment by Syria, even though they're fully. It, it, it'd be like you find out that your son's been listening to rock music and you told him he doesn't get to, and then yeah. every time you find it, you just hire the neighbor boy to like stab him a few times. You know, just kick his the, ass. The neighbor in the boy you hate. The neighbor boy whom you hate, who like candy. 
who is also Vince Neil, and you're just like, yeah, you, you kick the shit out of that guy, you know? It's like, you, 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 I don't really understand your motivations or who seems to get preferential treatment. It, it, it's on, it's irrational, but yeah, whatever. It's a yeah, it's like a the point is Syria and Damascus, which is to the north of Israel, is raiding south into Israel proper and fucking them up. That's right. So, um. Basically, at some point, Jehoahaz, right, this king of Israel, the son of Jehu, goes to the Lord because he's like, what the fuck? You know, we're getting trounced. It's got to be, you know, is it me, God? Is this something I did? So he goes to God seeking his favor. And God listens. Um, And God listens because he's like, you know what? I am kind of being a dick. He kind of admits it here. He says he sees how severely the king of Syria was oppressing Israel. It's like, yeah, dude, you fucking set it up. I paid him it's just like, to kick you in the balls twice. He kicked you in the balls three times. That's yeah, too much. It's, it's like I light my own house on fire for an insurance thing. And then like my my family comes to me. They're like, hey, you're, you're burning all the stuff we love. And I'm like, that is actually a pretty bad fire. I am going to help you put that out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I burnt all the teddy bears and shit. I just meant to get some money. I didn't really, yeah. Just, yeah. It, it's very bizarre. Like God did this, but now he's, I guess, regretting it. Um, and he's hearing the cries of of this king, and so um, basically, the it it goes into no cool stats here, but it says that the Lord provided a deliverer for Israel, and they escaped the power of Syria. That's it. Uh, That's such a, yeah, there's so much opportunity for like a cool story there. I hate it. So I think part of that is my Bible's concordance. It, it literally just says the Lord provided them a deliverer. It doesn't really say anything about that. But I yeah. guess the context we're supposed to know or that it will clear up later is that they're talking about the assyrians which are to the north of syria oh so the assyrians are trying to get their way to the jews and they have to kill a couple of syrians on the way and god's like there you go i took care of it you know it's like (laughs) it's like it's like you're in your living room and a fucking bobcat breaks in and you're like oh shit it's biting the shit out of you and then god's like don't worry and he sends a bear in and the bear's gonna kill that bobcat bobcat yeah. And you should be fine. He might. Hopefully, he's not hungry afterwards. He'll get full. Yeah. From Bobcat is a fine meal. So, uh, yeah, that's roughly what's happening. Um, here's the thing, though. They are now allowed to live back in their own homes comfortably, right? Uh, hmm. The settlers. There's no more settlements being put on them by uh, their oppressors. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and so they're able to go back to their homes. And it says that they keep fucking sinning. All right. So... Come on. Guys. At this point, like, do we? I mean, I, 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 the whole kind of story is God just being like, "What's that? You're looking at some other girl? I'm gonna fucking give you leprosy or shit." And I was like, "Well, God's yeah. a little bit too much." But at this point, I kind of go, eh, "Maybe the Jews are asking for it." I don't normally say maybe. that, but maybe, or maybe it's just maybe. like, maybe it's like that pissy teen where the dad's like, "I told you, no more makeup," and he just punches her in the face. And you're like, "Oh," and then she just goes out and gives it a three way with some boys in the in a, in a van. You yeah, know, which secretly it, I was trying to reverse psychology her into the whole time. Yeah, but you know, you like you, you punish them for the little things, and then as an act of uh, uh, rebellion, they go and they go even deeper. You know, that makes sense. Uh, we're gonna get into this next verse. Something that I'm gonna really dunk on you. So I hope you're ready for that. Um, it says that nothing. Dunk on me, so, daddy. Uh, they're back in their homes, but they keep sinning. So God basically wipes them out. It says nothing had been left of the army of Jehoahaz except for 10 chariots, 10,000 foot soldiers, and what? 50 horsemen. Okay. We don't know 
Oh, we know. That they ride horses. Oh, they fucking ride horses. <laughs> they baby. might just have chariots and horses. No, I don't they think have it's chariots and they have horsemen. The chariots. And I looked it up and people were riding horses not far horses? from Horses? You stupid bitch. 5,500 years ago. Where? Okay. Where, though? Uh, In the steppes? Nearby. Yeah, but that would have translated. I mean, no, if you're on a horse, no, you can dick. go far and teach other people no, how to ride horses. Dick. No, this is a horseman. So uh, the the Jews are riding horses. It's awesome. No, and no, that's like saying they had picture- fifty thousand tanks and ten thousand tank drivers. You wouldn't think that like the tank drivers are just like yeah. You see those guys wore tanks. No, it's like saying we have ten tanks and fifty tank drivers. No way. You don't have. You need one driver per tank. Mm. Period. I know. Period. Yeah. Okay, so there's horsemen, there's chariots, we'll there's 10,000 the foot soldiers, which to me sounds like a lot. But remember, we're dealing with all these like crazy inflated numbers, so 10,000 isn't supposed to be a lot. Anyways, the reason that they're down to these numbers is because the, uh, the king of Syria, Hazael, had destroyed the rest of them. It says, like the dust at threshing time. I don't know what that means, but... uh. Sounds I don't know. I mean, rough. we know what threshing is where you go in the... Uh, it's where you, like, beat the wheat. Beat the shit out of that. Well, what you do is you're tossing the wheat in the air. To separate So it, that the, the lighter chaff floats away and the... Yeah. Grain. I just don't go with beating the dust. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. Maybe it's, it's like... Maybe it's like in a fight, you're, you're swinging blows and you're attacking the main guy, but you're also punching kids along the way. Like, yeah, they're yeah, more yeah. beat up because they're just in the area getting slapped around. They're just around. dust. You know, like, you're fighting with your wife. You're obviously throwing chairs and tables at each other and you're hitting each other but also the baby in her arm is getting it all the sure, worse sure, sure. right can we just agree poetically speaking that it sucks <laughs> it's not good okay so uh what happens next it says this is really 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 fucking annoying but it says uh oh this isn't the annoying part we're about to get to that anyways uh for the rest of the events of Jehoahaz's reign yeah you know you know what's up if you want to read more about it go to chronicles basically it's telling us again um, and then he rested with his ancestors and was buried in Samaria. And his son, Jehoash, succeeded him as king. It's going to have so many confusing names because. Yeah. And this, it, the part, it's about to get all fucking Christopher Nolan on us in a second. Uh, so buckle up. So in the 37th year of Joash, king of Judah, uh, Jehoash, son of Jehoahaz, yes, keep up. Uh, became king of Israel and Samaria. So now we're on the third in the line of Jehu, right? We had Jehu, and then Jehoahaz, and now his son Jehoash, which means we only have one more after that, and then God's four-generation rule up. Okay? So we're on the third in the Jehu lineage. Now, he also did evils in the eyes of the Lord, of course, because every single king ever in Israel did this. Um, in fact, I don't even know why it tells us anymore, right? It's the status quo. It would be weird if, if they didn't, and then it should say something to us. Fair. So, it then immediately says, by the way, if you want to know anything else about Jehoash, go read Chronicles, right? It's the typical phrasing that they why, use. Why do they at- split it up like that? Why can't it just be fucking Chronicles? Is it just too boring? I don't know. I don't know. But it says, as for the other events of the reign of Jehoash... All he did and his achievements, including his war against Amaziah, king of Judah, are they not written in the books of the annals of the kings of Israel? So it says that, making us think that we're done with Jehoash, 
right? Because that's always signals the end. While also alluding to a civil war that happened off camera. Yeah, that we now are not going to talk about. Yeah. But it makes us think that we're done with Jehoash. That's not true. It introduces his son, Jeroboam, right? So his son is Jeroboam, the same name as the very first king of Israel that we reference whenever we say uh, committing the sins of so-and-so, right? So sure. Jeroboam. Now we have our second Jeroboam, Jeroboam two. He succeeds Jehoahash. And Jehoahash was buried in Samaria, the Israeli Israelite capital, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Freeze. It seems like now we've gone on to Jeroboam, this new king. That's not true. We're not done with Jehoash at all. I don't know why the Bible is written this way, but as soon as it says that Jehoash is buried, it then goes into an anecdote about some shit that he did. Okay, hold on. Are you talking about Joash or Jehoahaz? They're Jehoash. Jehoash? Jehoash? Jehoahaz or Joash? Jehoash. Okay, it sounds like you're saying Jehoash for some fucking reason. I, I am. His name is Jehoash. It's Joash. No, Joash, father of Jeroboam. Well, my Bible says J E H O A S H. Jehoash. But okay, so because uh, right now it's saying Joash in my Bible died, sure, and his son Jeroboam the second is taking over. Yeah, but then it cuts right back to Joash. You see what I'm saying? The rest of the story is still about the king that just died. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. You would think that this next part we're about to read would come first. Would it, it would have come earlier. And then yeah, I don't know afterwards, why. it would happen. So, yeah, it's, it introduces, at the middle of this chapter, it introduces Joash, Jehoash, whatever the fuck you want to call him. It introduces him, says, yep, and then he died. And then it goes back and tells us stories about his life. Don't know why, but mm-hmm. that's the kind of shit that it's we're like, here to read for you. Uh, so you don't have to. Right. It's uh, like, what you find out about the uh, Jews riding horses? Okay. Right. Oh, you don't want to tell me? No, no, I'm gonna look it up. I because I, 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 okay, so I wanted to look up did Jews ride horses, and then all I can keep finding is like modern issues where people, I guess, say that Jews aren't allowed to hi- ride horses. So I'm gonna go history of horseback riding. I'm riding with one hand, so it's taking forever. Archaeological digs consistently show that horses were commonly used by armies of the ancient nations of the Middle East. But I don't know if they actually rode horses. I thought they had chariots. That the actual act of getting onto the fucking horse was a long-ass fucking time from this. Cantrell's book focuses on chariotry during the divided kingdom of Israel and Judah in the 9th and 8th centuries, after which time thinner breeds of horses were introduced and mounted riders started to replace chariots. So when did mounted riders start to replace him? After is after the kingdom split. Yeah. So around this time. Yeah. Fine. Gotcha. Well, I, got I knew it right. was something. I just didn't know when it was. But I knew that like when we talked about Moses escaping Egypt, there was specifically that part where like and then the Egyptians chased him on horseback. And yeah. there was the concordance and the correction was like, well, we know they weren't riding fucking horses. They they yeah, were yeah, using yeah, chariots. Yeah. So I that it happened recently could make sense that clears that up but i just that that was my whole point is i knew like if you look at the hyksos people in 1600 bc they used chariots and hyksos were semites and they sucked yeah yeah they did oh okay so that's roughly settled we'll we'll say that we're not really sure still because that's how we settle things from from the source from the few places that we just looked it looks like horseback riding exists in the middle east right uh, had been existing for a few hundred years by now 
Yeah. And it also said, from what I was able to gain, is that the Israelites were, like, the last to use horses. They probably thought it was dirty or something stupid like that. <laughs> well, it's kind of funny because I was looking up, like, I literally looked up horseback, horse riding Jews history <laughs> just to see yeah. what would come up. And it was all, like, a bunch of, I guess, Jewish scholars being like, we all know Jews can't ride horses. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, I guess they call it, like, um... Well, it's it might be like up there with like you know Haram. like we all know Muslims hate dogs. I'm like, what are you guys talking uh, about? You know, like it, it might just be some weird cultural stigma that yeah. may or may not be true at all. Who fucking knows? But anyway, sure. Okay, so here's what happens with Joash. Now that we're back on track, while he was still king, even though he's dead now, we're cutting back. While he was still king, um, he finds out that Elisha has been suffering from an illness that will eventually kill him. By the way, the Bible says. So Jehoash, Joash, whatever, the king of Israel goes down and weeps over him. He cries to Elisha, my father, my father, the chariots and horsemen of Israel. So he's going to Elisha's literal deathbed. And like, it's, it, you're, it's the scene where it's starting to look touching that he's, he's weeping over Elisha as he dies. Oh, you're like, my best friend, Elisha. But then what does he do? He totally shifts gears and starts whining that he doesn't have enough soldiers. This is like Mitch McConnell taking the COVID-19 situation, going to the people to be like, oh, I can't give you guys any any uh, money to survive because they're not going to let us have a big enough military budget. <laughs> like, yeah, I guess. It's the exact thing. I, I, I think part of the context that I've read don't you, is that don't Elisha in many ways represents stability in the Middle East. Like as long as Elisha's there, it's kind of like God's promise is active that he's not going to let Israel be destroyed. Okay. You know, so he, it'd be like, it'd be like you have like an abusive, like you live in the bad part of town and you get bullied a lot, but your dad is a drunk who will sometimes be like, who gave you that black guy? And then just go and kick the shit out of them too. You know? Sure. And now you want, and now he's dying from cirrhosis of the liver. And you're like, okay, yeah. he sucked. I hated but, him. He beat me. But at least he kept me from getting raped by the neighbor boys. Like, uh, I mean, basically, Kite this Runner is Batman, style. right? Batman I guess, sucks. I guess. I guess. <laughs> I don't know. But you know what I mean? Like, he's like, oh, Elisha, you're dead now. Who am I going to talk to when uh, Syria comes knocking? You know? Yeah. So now let's get into the dumbest story in the Bible. Do you agree? It is pretty dumb. It, you, you're going to be hard to beat it's to say there. the dumbest story of the Bible because there's been so many that are just absolutely don't make any sense. And the fact that this is a legend is stupid. But okay, let's. This is at least a runner it. up. So here's what happens. Elisha says to him, get a bow, get some arrows. So the king does so. He says, take the bow in your hands. And when he does that, Elisha puts his hands on the king's hands. Now, he says, open up the east window and shoot. So, boom, he shoots it out. And Elisha says, the Lord's arrow of victory, the arrow of victory over Syria. He declared, you will completely destroy the Aramaeans at Afek. All right, so far, so good. It's a little weird. It's a little poetic eh, symbolism. It's a strange thing, but fine. Sure. Okay. <clears throat> now, Elisha says to him, take the arrows. Right? He's got a bunch more arrows. He says, take the arrows. The king takes them. And Elisha says, strike the ground. So the king takes these arrows and hits the ground, not just once, but three times, right? You know, whacking the ground with arrows. It's a good sound, I bet. I bet. Kind of like the rattling of arrows. Elisha says to him, he gets pissed. Elisha gets pissed. He says, you struck, 
You should have struck the ground five or six times. Uh, you would have destroyed Syria completely if you had struck <laughs> the ground five or six times, but you only did it three times. Well, hold up, brother. You said just strike the ground. Okay. Yeah, you didn't what clarify. The, the, the instructions no. were unclear. You're a bad leader, Elisha. Horrible. It doesn't make any sense, yeah. And so now because uh, Jehoash, Joash, whatever, only struck the ground three times. And st- this is, do you know what this is? This is that scene from Office Space where Jennifer Aniston's character has the 48 pieces of flair that she has to have. And then her boss is like, well, yeah, you have the 48, but don't you want to show that you have even more flair? Like, uh, I asked you to strike the ground. You only <laughs> stroke it three times. But I, at, at the same point, okay, Eli- we, we understand Elisha's an old man by now, right? Okay, yes. And old and gross. the king of Israel comes to talk to him. Hey, man, what's going on? And there's just this decrepit, likely crazy-ass old man surrounded by his oh, yeah. cultists. And he's like, hey, man. I need advice on how to survive a war with Siri. He's like, all right, man, open that window. And he's like, okay. And he's like, just shoot a fucking arrow out of it. And he's like, oh, okay. And he's like, cool. all right, now grab those arrows. And he's like, yeah, okay. Now slap him on the ground. And he's like, he just, he just goes, like, is that, is that good enough? He's like, ah, oh, you fucking idiot. <laughs> you fucked it up. You fucked it up. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I wanted to help you. I did. You, you know, you had to fuck it up. Like, you said, just strike the ground. He's like, yeah, well, <laughs> if only you had struck it six times, you would have saved all of it. Imagine, imagine that. It's like, yeah, if only you'd struck it six times, you would have saved all of Israel, but... Imagine if he had struck it ten times and, like, the Earth became a singularity. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's like, he's like, he's like, struck it 11 You're times? You're too powerful! <laughs> like, I'm just imagining, like, he strikes it three times, and Elijah's just staring at him, he's like, oh, you almost <laughs> dropped a fucking nuke on this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> It's so goddamn stupid. I have some arrows. I'm going to try this Why didn't you know that you were supposed to strike the ground more than three times, you pussy? He's like, I I don't know, man. I I have no idea. (laughs) Like, I can just imagine Joe's like, I have no idea what's going on. I have no, I don't know. (sighs) Okay, so. uh, Shortly after, and in fact, immediately after, the next line is, Elisha died and was buried. So, boom. We're done with these fucking E guys. That's a weird afternoon. (laughs) And they're like, what happened with Elijah? He's like, I don't want to talk about it. It was he's weird. Dead. He's dead. You know the king killed him, right? The king was like, the fuck did you just say to me? Yeah, he's like, oh, you <laughs> stupid-ass bitch. Why would you only hit an arrow on the ground three times? Like, you know you're not supposed to ever hit an arrow against the ground, right? Like, it's actually Bad a thing. projectile that requires some level of accuracy. Like, I don't know if I would just <laughs> slap it against the ground. I don't know. If, oh. So, yeah, uh, probably Joe Ash killed the shit out of Elisha. He's dead. He gets buried. Fun fact. little Little side story for us. Uh, there was some Moabite raiders that would come into the country every spring to pick flowers or whatever. Yeah, I don't know what just doing Moabite that normal do. raider shit, yeah. Flower and paint. I guess some Israelites were burying a man, like having a funeral, but then they saw the band of raiders come out of nowhere. So they quickly threw the man's body into Elisha's tomb, right? It's already built. Let's just throw his body in here for now. We'll come back for it later. Here's the crazy part. As soon as it touched Elisha's bones, the man popped back to life. Yeah, cool. Fun. It is fun. (laughs) It it, it does raise a lot more questions. So these guys are like, yeah, you came back to life because you touched some bone. They're like, okay, no reason to try that twice. I think. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Jonathan, didn't your wife die last spring? And he's like, yeah, but I don't know. They come back different. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, it's a long walk. Like, do we want to tell anybody? He's like, nah, that. 
I like to imagine it's a pet cemetery situation, though, where like, this guy's super fucked up now. Yeah. He kills his pets. It, and stuff. His <laughs> eyes are red, and weird things just kind of happen in his general area, you know? Like, oh. Everyone's like, oh, should we go resurrect anyone else? No, no, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I would like it if he just came back and he was like Italian, and they're like, no, we're good. <laughs> what are you, racist Sherlock Holmes? <laughs> They're like, they're like, what's wrong with Jonathan? He's like, well, so he died from some raiders, and he came back, and now he talks like Mario. We're like, no. <laughs> he won't shut the fuck up about spaghetti. shut the fuck up, yeah. Okay, so. <laughs> that would suck. All he does is uh, shit on our wine. We're like, yeah, it's Middle Eastern wine. I don't know what you want. <laughs> uh, it would be funny if they just throw a body in there, and he just comes out, you're mama me, I'm a bag. And I'm like, all right, just give him up to the raiders. Let's put him back in. Put him back in. Too. <laughs> let's let's spit him. Let's let's cycle him back a more time and see if we can re-roll. <laughs> okay, it's funny because in just a little while, those Italians are going to be coming over here, fucking everything up. <laughs> Another few hundred years. Um, he was the first anchor baby. What are we doing with this pod? Let's just move. move okay, I'm trying to. I'm trying to. So, uh, just so you know, Hazael, uh, the king of Aram, oppressed Israel throughout the reign of Jehoahaz. But the Lord was gracious to them and had compassion and showed concern for them because of his covenants with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. To this day, he's been unwilling to destroy them or banish them from his presence. Cool, I guess. The same old shit. Like if you don't, if if you're not willing to commit to full, total, absolute genocide, then just, just get out of here. You're not mad enough. Yeah. Fuck off. Yeah. Um, Okay, so yeah, Haziel, the king of Syria, died, and Ben-Hadad, his son, succeeded him. And then uh, Jehoash, son of Jehoaz, Jehoash, whatever, recaptured from Ben-Hadad all the towns that basically his father had taken. So three times Jehoash defeated him and uh, recovered a bunch of these Israelite towns, as Elisha promised because of him slapping the ground with the arrows. So it all came true, folks. Yep, he he got those three cities back, as he said, if only he'd known to... Slap the ground six times. He could have had six cities back. But you got to wonder, did Joe Ash have it in him the whole time? And and Elisha was just giving him the key to unlocking himself, you know, giving him the <laughs> He's courage. like, yeah, he's like, the, the he, like, he's just like, how am I going to win this war without throwing arrows against the ground? And he's like, it was in you the whole time. <laughs> you just had to believe it. I'm yourself. not even Elisha. I'm just some old drunk guy. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh... Uh, let's just been dead for let, centuries. Let, 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 that's as far as we'll get. That's enough. We've, we've yeah. talked enough today. But um, let's Oof, um, too much. Let's break it down. There's there's a couple of key points here. There's the sort of like uh, like what's the point? I, I almost feel like it's like um, if God asks you to jump, jump as high as you can. Don't give God half a that's jump. True. Don't just throw the arrow on the ground three times when he really. Ha- I mean, he hasn't told you, and there's no way for you to know. But you should have thrown it six times. Yeah, Maybe do a hundred burpees. Just to be safe. <laughs> just to be safe, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, uh, sing the national anthem twice, just double. Yeah. You know, couldn't hurt. And then also, I don't know. There, there's the whole like Syria getting the kicking the shit out of them, and then you know he's like, "God, I'm sorry." And he's like, "Okay, I'll destroy Syria for you." And they're like, "Great." It, it's also just I had that story. It's like, dear God, if you just help me get out of this speeding ticket. I promise I will stop banging whores. And the cop's like, I'm giving you a warning. You're like, okay, I got to run, not walk to the whorehouse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they don't uh, They don't learn from their lessons, it would seem. So, uh, which is definitely a bad look, you know? I guess. I mean, yeah. God has to keep canceling them. God, 
he's like, I, I warned you. I told you what I would do. And you just don't get it. But whatever. Yeah. <sighs> Indeed. I don't think they're long. And to imagine that, to, to imagine that some people, all this the Israelites are going through, some people are gonna are worried they're gonna be fired from their job for bashing gays. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is persecution, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, this is real persecution right here. This is the f- dystopic future liberals want. Uh, uh, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. The man of God was angry. It's just a weird story. I don't know, but. I guess this happened before Josh. Well, why? I, although, I mean, allegedly this book was written with some type. Of, I mean, I know we know that it wasn't. It's a fucking stupid book. But you would think that at some point they would have written it like the stories make sense. But considering that the death of Joe Ash and yeah. this story of Joe Ash with Elijah are two basically separate. It makes no sense that they wouldn't put them. I don't know. Unless, and maybe there's some poetic thing or something I'm not getting. I don't know. Possible. Yeah. I don't, uh, they forgot. It's, 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 the, they didn't have whiteout. The the other thing is, I guess the whole like, and then they threw his, they yeeted his corpse into the same cave with Elisha, <laughs> and then Elisha brought him back to that. Probably because like Elisha's like, listen, I was a pretty fuck out of here. I'm a pretty big deal. I'm not like a mass grave type guy. Okay, you gotta, you, I get my own grave. I'm not a yeah. Serbian woman. You gotta fucking put me in my own place. He does sound very petty. Now that you thought mention it, yeah, yeah. that I wonder if that was why, just so he could be alone. Yeah. He's like, he's like, I will literally bring you back from the dead if it means I don't have to have a roommate. Which I get. Yeah, no, that's actually... And I guess, I don't know, my, uh, my Bible says, like, this is just sign of God uh, putting one last miracle to really just hammer in the divinity of Elisha. You know? Well, yeah. Uh, well, Elisha's health bar went all the way down, but his mana bar... Still, still there. Uh, you know, he still had some... Plenty of just subs- magic juice in his bones. <laughs> Great. Uh, okay. I'm tired. What's our fucking Twitter? Uh, this is stupid. Yeah, if you don't already, follow us on Twitter at Bible Pimps. We're out there talking with all your favorite right right wing celebrities. Well, yeah. And uh if you want to send us an email, you can do this at a revelations podcast at gmail.com. Let us know how you liked us uh, talking with the guest. You know? I didn't. Give us some feedback. Maybe we'll bring it back. I, I, I we might bring it back maybe. Yeah, to talk more Bible stuff down I am curious. This is this is its own thing. Who knows? But um, we we have been talking about getting someone on here who might know what they're talking about, and I, I'm not I'm not convinced yeah, yet. The, the, uh, someone to counter our bullshit a little bit every now and then, not every because like when we break this down, I'm like I don't know, is it just too stupid? And I'm not saying that anyone who counters us is right. Just, I mean, I I don't really think even if you're like yeah, I studied the Bible for 20 years, it's a fucking book and it doesn't make any fucking sense. I maybe maybe if you could read the original Hebrew or you read like additional hebrew text that came at the same time that provide more context and can explain it better but i, I think know. you need a time machine that's about the only i thing guess that's but if someone's like oh well you see this was like what i've heard people trying to like explain judges and stuff from like the christian standpoint or the jewish standpoint like oh no this was just a time where god was continually being tried by the, the the wickedness of the jewish people i'm like well if you take away the fact that god's in control of these things and is making these things happen and isn't just a passive observer but actually adding to the wickedness of israel that i don't know so i'm always curious to hear like apologetics and sort of defenders yeah. uh, of it, but I, I don't know. sorry don't come at judges if you can't enjoy a story about a guy beating millions of people to death with a donkey's jawbone <laughs> you're the one who sucks i guess i do i do suck fair enough okay i'm allowed to be wrong <laughs> no you're not <laughs>